0: Here we go. It's another big week in the NFL for the brand new Las Vegas Raiders. This is the Raiders Wire podcast powered by USA Today Sports. Now your host, Ryan O'Leary and Raiders Wire editor, Marcus Mosher. You mentioned the fans, but just what was the the emotion like the first time you stepped on the field? When you took the field, you looked around, kind of soaked it in a little bit, and then during the game, how loud was it in there? And like, what did you think of the atmosphere during the game?
1: Yeah, it was great. I mean, it was um, it was like a playoff game for me. It was like it was like one of the bigger games I've been in, just emotionally, you know, getting back uh, to the real Raider atmosphere Um, it's hard to replicate it's hard to describe I think there's going to be
0: a lot of people that have a lot of fun coming to these games we got a good young team and um, if the coaching doesn't screw it up we got a chance to keep getting better now no one's gonna nerd out more than me when the Raiders start playing real games in front of the the fans on the Vegas strip Marcus but I mean nothing screams playoff football like Nathan Peterman versus Geno Smith right in the preseason like that is just that gets the juices going for John Gruden I just that's brilliant it's great
1: yeah so we've got other coaches like Sean McBay saying that the preseason is useless and Mike McCarthy saying it's a glorified practice and here we've got John Gruden saying this is like a playoff game so oh man I I miss Gruden so much I'm so glad we're
0: back oh god yeah it's, it's so good to be back it's been a couple months we took a little bit of a break in the summer uh, but this is, I'm Ryan O'Leary here for those that are, that are hopping on. Great to be back talking to you, Marcus. Um, how's your summer been? How's life?
1: It's been good. It's been empty without football. We're trying to figure out all these different things to fill our time, whether it's basketball or playing some golf. But now that we're back into August, fantasy football's here. We've got preseason action. We've got training camp. Uh, I'm ready to go.
0: Yeah, no. If you want to see somebody who loves football, you got to follow Marcus on Twitter and watch him live tweet these preseason games. It is, uh, it's a little, it's a little wild, Marcus. I got to be honest with you, man. I don't. I mean, you really get in depth with these, with this stuff. But it's, uh, well, I'm always well, on your Twitter feed. It's, it's tremendous.
1: Yeah, you, you know you're a degenerate when you're betting on preseason games and yeah. you're setting fantasy lineups. Oh yeah, you, I you know got you've it. got
0: a problem. I might have yeah. placed a wager or two in the preseason. I'm not doing so well so far with those. A freaking preseason! <laughs> I heard there's easy money in the preseason. I haven't I haven't got it yet. I got to figure that thing out. You um, just
1: got to find the bad quarter or the bad quarterbacks and bet against them. That's that's as <laughs> simple as preseason football is, buddy.
0: No doubt about it. So let's kick it off here right off the bat. We'll talk about the Raiders preseason win. That's what Gruden was talking about. Uh, you know, in that presser, they they win at twenty to seven over the Seahawks. And again, you know, sign me up week one, Monday night, Raiders, Ravens in Vegas. Like that's going to be what an event that's going to be at Allegiant stadium. Right. When we, when we do that thing Uh, it's going to be awesome, but let's not go overboard Gruden on, uh, on, on the preseason (laughs) opener when we had to watch four quarters of Nathan Peterman. Uh, And and that's my number one takeaway. I think Marcus from the game, Uh, you know, not to get overly corny here, but, but Nathan Peterman, I mean, so many headlines are Peterman shines in Raiders opener and all this stuff. And, you know, Peterman was fine. I mean, he had yeah. a, he had a line that is going to look better than most preseason games. Like you, you complete twenty nine of thirty nine. You you throw for two hundred and forty six yards, but but Marcus the interception. Oh God! Hmm. I mean, and you know he's we know Peterman can deliver the ball. He, every now and then he delivers a great ball. We saw a couple to Zay Jones early in the game, but mm-hmm. that interception. You're up ten nothing. You're dominating on offense. You're getting off the field on D. You know you're moving the ball. You're in Seattle territory. It's first down. And Peterman literally like he's got his running back in the flat, just staring him in the face right in his line of vision. He's just right wide open instead of just dumping it off to the running back. He's got to hold the ball. He gets hit, throws in the double coverage. Of course, it gets intercepted and it doesn't matter. It's the freaking preseason game against Mm -hmm. Seattle and their backups. But still, it's just that is that right there is why Peterman has been a kind of a dud in his NFL career. And that's why he's a third string quarterback, I think.
1: So you're saying that Nathan Peterman surprisingly didn't turn into Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers during the offseason? You know, I am shocked because this is, this is exactly the same player
0: we saw in Buffalo, right? This is what I expected. I expected Peterman yeah. to come out and just be a dominant player, especially <laughs> after that first series, you know? No, but all in all, he wasn't awful. And, you know, he's one of the
1: few quarterbacks in the preseason that got to play most of the game, right? He got to get in, uh, you know, a little bit of a rhythm. He looked fine. But I <laughs> listen, if Nathan Peterman has to play in any game for the Raiders, uh, they're going to be in trouble. But we already knew that going into this game
0: anyways. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, it will be a disaster if, we, if we're if we talking about Peterman after the preseason. And I was a little worried. I mean, first play, he gets sacked. I'm like, oh, no, is that, that better not be a bad omen or something. So, you know, <laughs> first, first play in front of fans, yeah. Peterman's on his back. I'm like, oh, boy. Oh, boy. Yep. But, you know, and then another guy, I mentioned his name, Zay Jones. I mean, that was another takeaway because not necessarily just because, you know, they obviously wanted to give him some plays. They made him that number one receiver. Uh, and drew up some plays early for Marcus, but he was wearing number seven, you know, and that's the rule change you can wear. I feel like you're putting (laughs) attention on yourself with the single digit number this year as a wide receiver. And so now for Zay Jones, he's now my sleeper for the Raiders. Like you can't wear number seven as a wide receiver this year and suck. You know what I mean? You have to be good.
1: I I agree. Whenever you switch to a single digit, you got to live up to that. But to his credit, he's had a pretty strong training camp. I don't know if he's going to start. He, I, actually, let me rephrase that. He's not going to start, but could he potentially become the third or fourth receiver on this team and carve out a nice role? I think so. I think we're certainly seeing an improved player. So it was nice to see uh, Zay Jones on Saturday
0: night. Yeah, I know. I mean, he, he made that. That was a great throw by Peterman, that catch down the sideline. I'm mm-hmm. like, who's, who's this number seven? Who, who's that? Zay Jones, you know? So I was, yep. was just surprised. I thought it'd be somebody else. But that no, that leads me into like a bigger question. Like, it's interesting. You look at the depth chart. the The Raiders' wide receiver group is an intriguing position because we know Darren Waller is the number one option. Uh, you know, Kenyon Drake's probably going to help the you know the passing game out a little bit out of the backfield this year. Obviously, they brought him in for a reason. But the wide receiver group is interesting, right? Henry Ruggs, Hunter Renfro, Brian Edwards, Zay Jones, Willie Sneed, John Brown. A lot of either young guys or more unproven guys or veteran guys that have bounced around a little bit. So I feel like this could go, for this, with this position group, it could go one of two ways, right? Either there's a guy like a Brian Edwards that just mm-hmm. dominates and takes over, and, and now he's established as the number one guy. Maybe Ruggs, you know, he'd have to make a big leap from last year, but maybe Ruggs is that guy. Or we look back at the end of the year and say, you know what? The Raiders didn't do enough at that position. That, that was a group that kind of held them back. They didn't have wide receivers that are getting open and catching the football, which is kind of important. Uh, so mm-hmm. I think it could go one of two ways. But what, what do you think about that group and – what what Raiders wide receiver do you think could break out and be the number one guy maybe behind Darren Waller?
1: Yeah, so the Raiders went out and signed John Brown and Willie Sneed to just give them a passable floor. Right? Like <laughs> sure. those guys are those guys are not great. But they're clearly NFL players who have are experienced. Sneed can play in the slot. John Brown can play in the slot. Both of them can win on the outside. The Raiders aren't relying on them, but they're hoping that if something were to happen to Brian Edwards, or Henry Ruggs, they can come in and be fine. Now, those two second-year receivers, they're expecting a lot of them. And really the guy that's gotten a lot of the hype this offseason is Brian Edwards. Uh, We saw John Gruden compare him to uh, Randy Moss and Terrell Owens.
0: Not hyperbole from
1: John Gruden, right? There's no way. (laughs) Uh, John Gruden, I love him. Uh, To be honest, this is exactly what Edwards did last year during training camp. He was so good in training camp even without a preseason, that he was the week one starter, got banged up a couple of weeks down in the, se- you know, in the season, and then we really didn't see him again. I'm expecting him to really be their ex receiver on the outside. Henry Ruggs looks like he is developing into a little bit better of a route runner. But at the end of the day, Ryan, this offense goes through Darren Waller. If Darren Waller's healthy, he's going to be the one getting double-digit targets. He's going to be the one making Pro Bowls. Everybody else is just a complimentary player.
0: But watch out for Zay Jones because he's wearing number seven. <laughs> so, yeah, that, that's, yes. that's, my, that's my uninformed take right there. Just, oh, look, he's got. wearing number seven. But no, so uh, other, other impressions from you, Marcus, from this preseason game, like maybe a guy like Alex Leatherwood, who Gruden has mm-hmm. been calling a veteran. Uh, why? Be- you know, He's a rookie. Why is Gruden calling him a veteran? Because he played at Alabama. And Gruden yep. actually admits now that he's, he's finally admitted publicly that he loves Alabama players. Like, thanks, John. We had no, we had no idea that you love Alabama <laughs> players, right? Like, that yeah. came out of yeah. left field, John. Uh, so what do you see from guys like Leatherwood or you know I think Nate Hobbs the you know Gruden mm-hmm. called him Gruden made a made a point to kind of call him out a little bit called him I like my fifth round pick he said in that post game presser so he kind of flashed a little bit like what what guys did, did you know kind of stuck with you after that first preseason game
1: Yeah Nate Hobbs is really interesting because the Raiders have basically an open competition at slot corner right now and that's a really important player on Gus Bradley's defense because their base defense is Nick. And with Nevin Lawson serving a two-game suspension and Amik Robertson, a fourth-round pick from last year, not doing a ton in camp, it's going to open the door for Nate Hobbs to have a big role. So he did a sack for a fumble in this game. I thought he played really well. I expect him to be the slot corner when the team opens up against Baltimore. I thought he played well in the preseason. All the all the signs are positive for their fifth-round pick.
0: And, and fans probably noticed that they blitzed a lot on defense, right? It was, it, mm. Maybe they just did that. Because they're trying to tinker with some stuff with with Gus Bradley, right? But um, that stuck out that there was they were trying to get pred I mean, I think they only got one sack, Marcus. It was early in the game, but mm-hmm. uh, they were really trying to dial up pressure, get more jerseys in the backfield, maybe frustrate the quarterback a little bit, get in his face a little bit. Again, it was Geno Smith and company. So let's let's you know pump the brakes here. But well,
1: they know they can't cover, right? So <laughs> you know, they've got to, yeah. they've got to find a way to get to the quarterback. Last year under Paul Gunther and Rod Marinelli. Uh, They had the least amount of blitzes in the entire NFL. I think Gus Bradley is going to be far more aggressive this year. You're going to see five, six, seven guys on almost every single passing play. So uh, I I think that trend is here to stay.
0: That's kind of fun because Seattle was kind of doing that too, right? Both teams were kind of blitzing Mm -hmm. each other all over the place. And it made the game kind of fun if you're watching it. And, And you know what? If you want to watch the highlight, if you miss the games or whatever, you can YouTube You know, Raiders. Just search Raiders Seahawks preseason week one. and. Marcus, there's like half a million views on the preseason freaking highlights. It's like, you think we're starving. for football. We are starving. I, I,
1: I, yeah, we're ready for we it. We're freaking
0: back. starving. So you could see it. Like the, the, they're bringing extra guys on both sides all game. Uh, so you don't think that that's just Bradley kind of tinkering with things. That could be the actual game plan. Like they could be sending extra bodies almost almost every play unless they really know it's a run and they get a load up. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I think they feel comfortable with their defensive ends creating pressure. That's not the case for their defensive tackles. So they know they're going to have to bring guys to get to the quarterback. Their cornerbacks are really, really young, and I don't think they trust them down the field at all. So, yeah, I think this is something that's going to be a pretty common thing throughout the season.
0: Well, if you've listened to any of our other shows, maybe during the season last year, we we bring in our fantasy football experts. We bring in our sports betting experts. Marcus is kind of an expert on both of those things anyway. So we have have experts, you know, A and B, I guess, uh, on the show. So it's kind of fun. Uh, So next segment, we're going to get it. I'm going to throw a fantasy question and a sports betting question at Marcus, get his take on that, and we'll continue the conversation. We'll be right back. All right. Make sure you're checking out Raiders Wire because there's always little tidbits on there. And I noticed that Josh Jacobs Marcus is ranked inside the NFL's top 100 players by the Bleacher Report. Mm-hmm. You had that on the Raiders Wire. And he's an interesting guy when it comes to fantasy drafts. I know we're, we're going to be picking our teams here over the next couple weeks, uh, unless you have already. Right now, you could get Josh Jacobs, especially after the Kenyon Drake signing, right? And he's going to vulture some touches. You can get him in, like, a 12-team league in, like, the third round, right? You can, mm. you can wait and get a Josh Jacobs, and he could be your number two back if you trust him. I just don't know if I trust him in fantasy this year, right? I mean, I think he underwhelmed last year a little bit. They bring in Kenyon Drake. I don't know if I trust Jacobs in a PPR league. Maybe in a standard league I'll take a stab at him. But what do you think about Jacobs? He's definitely, he's definitely a polarizing player in drafts this year. I think people are probably more down than up on him. What do you think?
1: He's really interesting because I think if you're just evaluating the football player, he's one of the best running backs in the league, like back-to-back seasons of 1,300 total yards. According to Pro Football Focus, he is the third most broken tackle since 2019, only behind Derrick Henry and Nick Chubb. So I think he's like a real-life, really, really good football player. But in fantasy, fantasy land, we like the guys to get a ton of touches, a ton of receptions, and I just don't know what the workload is going to look like for him this season with Kenyon Drake. On top of that, Ryan, the schedule is just absolutely brutal for run defenses early in the season. We mentioned they start with Baltimore week two, they go to Pittsburgh who has one of the best run defenses in football. It's going to be awfully tough sledding for him. And we saw that last year where his yards per carry dropped to 3.9. They've lost Rodney Hudson. We'll see what the rest of the offensive line looks like. Uh, Ryan, I was in a fantasy draft this weekend. Uh, at the Fantasy Football Expo in Canton, Ohio, and this was an expert draft. And I saw Josh Jacobs fall all the way to the sixth round of that draft in a typical 12-team PPR draft. So I think the third is a little high for him, but once we get down to the end of the fourth, fifth, sixth, that's where I think he starts to become a value because he's just too good of a football player to fall that far.
0: Well, that's why nobody invited O'Leary to the uh, the expo to do this draft. <laughs> I would have been like, Josh Jacobs, guys. I'm taking him in the fourth round. And then I'd, yep. be, I'd be freaking out when I have no value on him like a couple weeks into the year. But maybe he's a guy that you could buy low on, uh, you know, if the if the schedule softens up and we kind of see the usage between Jacobs. Yes. And, you know, maybe he's a guy you trade for later in the year. But I, I agree with you. Even in a standard league, I'm a little scared to draft Jacobs. And I'm in a 14-team standard league that I play in every year. And mm-hmm. I think if Jacobs is on the board in that thing, I I might be scared.
1: I, I think that's a good call. I think you're going to want to wait after the first two or three weeks. The owner's going to be a little bit disappointed uh, because he's just not providing the production you want. Middle of the sc- season schedule, end of the season schedule is really, really nice for him. That's the time to move.
0: All right, beautiful. We'll keep on hitting on some fantasy questions with Marcus as we go here week to week. And I'm going to throw a sports betting question now at you, Marcus. Okay. Um, I'm into the futures bets, uh, you know. Of course, mm. of course. Last year, I was talking about, you know, when it came to the Bucks going into the playoffs. I'm like, how can you not take Bucks plus a thousand? And going into yep. that Washington game, that first playoff game, I'm like, how can you not take it? So I rant and rave on the uh, on the podcast about how you should take the Bucks plus a thousand to win the Super Bowl. And I didn't do, I didn't bet it. So I mean, oh, no. I, didn't, I don't listen to my own advice, <laughs> but. Um, but I was looking at futures bets, and I, I wanted to see the over/under on the on the app I use for for the Raiders, and their over/under was an even seven. Seven wins for the Raiders, seventeen game regular season. The odds are minus one fifteen on the over. So the odds makers are not making hmm. it easy. They're kind of riding the fence a little bit. What do you think over/under seven wins for the Raiders in twenty twenty one?
1: It's a really interesting number because again, if you get to seven wins, you push right. So you need eight to you know eight to win. That seems like a lot considering how strong the AFC is, but I want people to remember this was a team that was six and three last year uh, at one point in the season. And they were just a couple plays away from beating the chiefs twice. They did beat them in Kansas city. They should have beaten them in, in Las Vegas. I think John Gruden is still a really good coach. I don't know if they're a playoff team, but I do think eight wins feels about right. That's what they were last year. Eight and eight The additional game. Because they get to nine and eight, I think it's possible. But over seven, I think feels right. Because again, if you if they wind up seven and ten, you push, you get your money back. So I think that's a good bet.
0: Still bet it small. Uh, yeah, I, 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 I saw you tweeting about the Steelers uh, on a on a on a futures mm. bet, I believe. And their team, I want to check with you on just to get some clarity on your thoughts on the Steelers because sure, I kind of I kind of like them this year as like a a little sneaky team to to make the playoffs in the AFC. I think they got a shot to make the playoffs. I think they got a shot to be kind of sneaky good and maybe hit the over on their, on their uh, regular season number. What do you think about the Steelers?
1: Yeah, I kind of like the Steelers a little bit this year. Depending on your sports book, you can get them at plus 170, plus 175 to make the playoffs. And remember, this is a team that was 11-0 and last year. Oh, I remember. That's why I kind of like them. Yeah. yeah, and then on top of that, they won the AFC North. I think the defense should be just as good as ever. Bringing back Melvin Ingram. Obviously, Ben Roethlisberger is the problem. Uh, can he stay healthy for all 17 games? Can he play well? We shall see. But this is a team that just, they don't have losing seasons. I think they're going to win nine to 10 games. And Ryan, I will say this depending on your sports book, you can get them at like plus 450 to win the AFC North.
0: I kind of like those odds. Me too. No, no, I I do. I, I like all the Steelers. I feel like the Steelers are a nice buy right now. Uh, I'm glad. I, I saw your tweet. I wasn't exactly sure what side you were on with the tweet, so now I know. You've probably well, have been the, mentioning it over and over. I just yeah, didn't quite see it. The, 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 the win total is like eight and a half. They're going to get to nine or ten wins
1: just because the defense is so good, right? They're going to totally. beat up on all these bad teams with quarterbacks, uh, with bad quarterbacks. I I think, I think. Mean, I just don't see any way they don't get to at least ten
0: wins. All right, man. Well, hey, I feel. I kind of feel. I think I know what Gruden's talking about. Walking on the field, butterflies in his stomach. You know, fired up for the for the <laughs> preseason <laughs> opener. I'm fired. i fired up to be talking football with you, man. It's my first podcast of the fall, or I guess can I call it the fall yet? I guess we're still. In the yeah, we're getting, we're in the getting close.
1: We're getting. Yeah, we're getting close.
0: First podcast of the 2021 regular season. We'll call it that. Uh, and it's just it's great to be back, man. And just, uh, you know, so just on the personal side of things we'll spit this out before the end here. Uh, you know, one of my favorite podcasts we did in 2020 was Marcus uh, live from the hospital waiting room. Where you know his wife is is about to have a baby, and Marcus is like, "Yeah, you know, I'm I'm in the waiting room, and and let's do the podcast." So, um, <laughs> I mean, that was just uh, you're still alive, you you survived that moment somehow in your life, and I think you still watched the entire game that night. Uh, there was a oh game yeah, it was
1: it was a, the that classic Browns Ravens game that was on <laughs> Monday Night Football, and as the game was going on, uh, the doctor who's delivering our, our little girl is talking to me about the game. We're We've got like ten nurses in there, not helping deliver the baby, but actually watching the
0: game. So, just, just one of my favorite stories of all time. And Marcus <laughs> was back the next week, and he, he didn't even miss a, a show. It was just unbelievable, right in the middle of the season. And again, you, you know, your daughter was born not long after you hung up the phone with me for that show. Yes, from the hospital. That's very true. Room. So that was that was one of my favorite stories. I don't know if I'm going to have a better story for you. Probably not. Um, but I'm on deck. My wife and I are on deck because we have a we have a baby boy due right in the yes, middle of the season, Marcus, yes. October 9th. So. That's that. Yeah,
1: and I, I think the I think the baby's going to be a pretty good little wide receiver eventually, don't you think?
0: I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I know where you're going with that, Marcus, out here in New England. But you know, I, I don't know. The O'Learys have not produced very athletic people, including myself. So we'll we'll find out there. Maybe uh, a future podcast. Maybe right yeah. Maybe he's Maybe we can do that thing. Uh, but you know, I I just think you know. If the Raiders end up completely sucking, then, and, and, you know, I can't rule that out at this point for the, with the Raiders. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, and their history. I'll just fill in time asking you, uh, you know, what the hell am I supposed to do with a newborn baby? And and how do I keep podcasts going with a newborn child? I mean, I think that's, that'll be something I got to learn. And maybe you can help me with that.
1: Yeah. Well, then it's, you're going to have all the, the cool transformation where you just become a dad, right? The, the dad Seriously. jokes are just instantly, yeah. uh, seared into your brain you can get the new outfits it's going to be a fun time
0: yeah i'm, I'm already cheesy as hell so i mean, it's only it's only going to go downhill but we just had the baby shower thing this past weekend yes, actually yep. and, and the stuff you get the stuff is just it's insane i'm overwhelmed with all the all the things people have sent us and bought for us and it's like crazy right now so.
1: And you never think you're going to use all this stuff but trust me you do you yeah don't. Keeping a, a little baby functioning is is a tough job.
0: Yeah, how's your daughter doing? She's doing well. She, she's doing well. We're uh,
1: we're trying to brainwash her now by watching football games early in the morning <laughs> rather than watching cartoons. So, she's she's getting some old classic Cowboy games on the TV right oh now. Oh my gosh,
0: so. I love it. Yeah. So yeah, you got to make sure she's a Cowboys fan. You're going to yes, sear that into her memory. Once so once she clicks online she's going to know Cowboys, Cowboys for life. So
1: yes, oh, well, she hears that autumn wind song and she just gets fired up in the morning. The the Raiders song. So yeah, she's, she is completely
0: born into the football world. Oh, man, I love it. Marcus. Good to be back with you, man. You too, Ryan. We'll talk to y'all next week.